Playoffs, playoffs, turn up, playoffs. Cinco, cuatro, tres, dos, uno. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of The Cool Zone, sponsored by Mouth and Off Sports. Be sure to follow Mouth and Off Sports on Twitter, at Mouth and Off Radio, I, I believe. I'll, I'll, get, I'll figure it out at some point. Uh, follow us, The Cool Zone, on Twitter, at The Cool Zone Pod. As always, our DMs are open. Uh, be sure to follow Fixin' to Talk Sports. They just put out a new podcast about uh, possible Celtics trade deadline moves. Of course, that being before today's deadline. Today being Thursday, March 25th. So we've got a lot to get into. And to get into it, I am joined alongside my usual co-host, Jonathan Sullivan. And we are looking to have a good show tonight. Just the two of us sitting in the studio in the cool zone. So without further ado... Let's get right into it. Um, before we get into specifics, what did you think overall from a league perspective? Did you think uh, this was a heavy-loaded trade deadline, you know, kind of compared to some of them in the past? Personally, I... I thought it was a bit light, honestly. Really? Like, I... Maybe it was just the fact that the biggest name moved was probably Oladipo, Norman Powell, or Aaron Gordon. Oladipo was, like, the probably the Are most... Are you forgetting Nikola Vucevic? Oh yeah, well Vucevic, yeah, but a pretty big name. still no like no like, you know, like no superstar. Yeah, you mean? yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe Vucevic could be a borderline superstar. He did make the All Star team, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I I don't know. I just think last year I don't remember it being very big, unless I'm forgetting a very obvious trade that happened. I don't really recall any big trades that went down last year. So at least I thought this year there were some some solid trades that went down, and obviously there were some deals that didn't end up happening. And we'll get into all of that. So we already name-dropped him, but let's talk about the Nikola Vucevic trade. So the Magic pretty much started cleaning house today. They dealt Nikola Vucevic to the Chicago Bulls along with Alfarika Minu. Uh, in return, getting Otto Porter and Wendell Carter Jr. along with two first-round picks. I'm not sure if Otto Porter's going to be sticking around. I, I think that's going to be a buyout. Uh, but Wendell Carter will be there to stay. He's a young center. He's averaging about 11 points, around 8 boards a game. So... Um, you know, the Magic are going to be stacking up on these the young talent and these draft picks now. And I'm surprised that this hasn't happened earlier, to be honest, because they've been kind of a middling franchise for like a long time. They're like a perennial borderline playoff team just missing the playoffs pretty much every single year in the Eastern Conference. So I'm surprised that they didn't make any either big moves to try and bring in somebody like a superstar or just like a, you know, a lot more talent to try and really go for it. Or blow it up a lot sooner. But 2021 is the year that decided to blow it up. Um, what did you think about this deal in particular? Anything strike you? I like the move for both teams, honestly. <clears throat> um, the Bulls get an established all-star center to pair with Laurie Markkinen and Zach Levine. That's like a little... I, I call it a little three. Like It's not a big three, but I mean, they're three nice pieces that should be able to work. Um, fairly well together in the addition to Kobe White and all the other John good Johns they have there in Chicago. But from the Magic standpoint, Wendell Carter, you get a young guy, former top ten pick, big a lot of upside you're looking for there, and you trade away your best player, so you're guaranteed to you're tanking now, obviously for the last thirty games or so of the season, and the Bulls might. Master on missed the playoffs too, so you could be talking about two lottery picks. I think that their picks are top four protected, but the way the Bulls are playing, they'll probably be somewhere around that like ten to fourteen spot in the lottery if they don't make the uh, playoffs. So, you know, the Bulls get an established star. The Bulls are low key kind of in like a win now mode. I mean, they still have young players like Patrick Williams and Kobe White, and Markinen is on the younger side, but. Levine's getting up there, low-key, and Vucevic is, I think he's over, he's either 29 or 30 or 31, he's one of those ages, so. Yeah, well, uh, Vucevic is definitely sitting in his prime, and for him to be arguably your best player, I think you have to be kind of in a win-now mode, and especially with Levine's past injury issues, another reason for them to kind of start getting things going on the whole win-now idea. So, again, um, not surprising at all. Um, 
And I agree. I like I like the deal for both sides. Poor Alfred Camino. This guy's a big journeyman. Um, he's yeah, not really. I didn't even know if you had told me he was in Orlando. I thought he was still in like Portland. You know, when I was preparing everything, uh, looking at all the trap, like the, all the trade things, that, all the the deals that went down, uh, I found myself just finding new tiny little names just that were involved in all the deals that just you know originally weren't in all the tweets. That were shipped out today by Woj and Shams and Keith Smith NBA, who we apparently now love. Shout out Keith Smith NBA. Like he's a Yahoo guy. Uh, he's like still seeking work full time in the NBA. So. Oh, so he's like a freelancer. I think he, yeah, I think he might have been taking a break, flipping patties, and sending out <laughs> tweets. <laughs> <laughs> Your local McDonald. All right. Mm. So the next trade, we've got a three-way deal. Between the Philadelphia 76ers, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the New York Knicks, this deal has George Hill and Iggy Brazdikis. Uh, I probably butchered that name, but I don't even really know who this guy is. Uh, those two, namely George Hill, going to Philadelphia. Um, two second-round picks, one in 2025, another in 2026, along with Austin Rivers and Tony Bradley going to Oklahoma City, so that pretty much brings OKC's total of projected draft picks to 34 over the next seven years, and it's an even split on the on the projections at the moment. 17 first-rounders, 17 second-rounders. Uh, I was expecting more second-rounders, to be honest, but uh, what do you know? They just have, they have it all right now. And also, Terrence Ferguson, along with Vincent Poirier, along with a 2021 second-round pick via Philadelphia, will go to the New York Knicks. Um, not surprising Philadelphia needed to get a guard, and as we'll get to, Kyle Lowry stayed put, so I'm not surprised that they went to George Hill. Um, I think this is going to be a good add for Philadelphia. I don't think it necessarily... Uh, I don't really know how much impact it's going to have and as far as how far they're going to get. Um, but I think it's a nice veteran ad. I mean, it can only help, but I don't think George Hill necessarily pushes you over the edge. But it's something they at least needed, and maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe George Hill will make an even lasting um, impact in Philadelphia on their playoff push. Uh, Terrence Ferguson, I mean, this guy, young young kid, was in Oklahoma City for a couple years, one of the grossest jump shots I've ever seen, but I'll never forget when he literally, I think he jumped 10 feet in the air in a game against the, the Lakers a few years ago, and he like landed on his head or something because he like tabletopped over somebody. I forget who it was. And I think that's been the most memorable moment of his career. Worst jump shot I've ever seen. Disgusting. Um, he's a supposedly was billed as a 3 and D guy, uh, but he can't really do the three. And he's very skinny, so it's not like he's a very physical D. Uh, but he's still very young, has time to develop. And in OKC, you get Austin Rivers, and uh, I almost keep want to say Avery Bradley, but it's Tony Bradley. Avery Bradley did get dealt today, and we'll get to that later. But Tony Bradley and Austin Rivers go to OKC. Austin Rivers will just be there until his contract gets up, maybe even a buyout. I doubt it, though. They'll probably just hold on to him for the rest of the year. But he probably won't see too, too much playing time as the Thunder try to integrate more young pieces, such as the likes of Moses Brown, who, if you have him on your fantasy team, is doing you wonders. High, uh, high level of rebounds and blocks along with a consistent level of points and playing time now. Go pick up Moses Brown if he's available in your league. little uh, fantasy advice on the side. Okay, going on, we got a little smaller trade. J.J. Reddick getting dealt to the Dallas Mavericks. This is Mavericks sending James Johnson, Nicolo Melli uh, over to the Pelicans. Um, joining J.J. Reddick is Wes Iwundu, who I've never heard of, and a 2021 second-round pick. So the Mavericks trying to add a little shooting, a little more perimeter uh, shooting. J.J. Reddick always... One of the most dangerous three-point shooters in the game. Um, I I don't really know what the aspect of this move was. I mean, it's it's a I, it, I think it's a lot less impactful than the George Hill trade. But I really I don't know what they're I don't really know what Dallas is doing here. 
their only trade is for JJ Redick? I don't know. I thought this one was confusing. I guess they wanted shooting. They they needed a lot more than that, but I mean, whatever. Do what you want, I guess. Uh, another trade, Rondo getting shipped over to the Clippers for Lou Will. Also a second, uh, two second round picks actually, and some cash. So Rondo will slide in into a much needed role that the Clippers needed to fill at the point guard position. Also really don't have much leadership there. Kawhi being quite the strange kind of kind of player, very quiet, not very extremely vocal. Uh, we know his practice habits and past reports are a bit questionable. Uh, and Paul George, not exactly uh, a guy who is very known to be a huge leader in the locker room. So R- having Rondo there, I think, will bring those guys together very well. And it should be interesting to see what he can do on and off the court to help this Clippers team. And Lou Will going to the Clippers, or, I'm sorry, the Hawks. Uh, I mean, the Hawks are riding an eight-game win streak. And they did not deal John Collins today, which was a bit of a surprise. But acquiring Lou Will here, bolstering a little more shooting. Lou Will started the season very slow, but had since picked up steam a little bit. But Atlanta finds itself in an interesting spot. I mean, I think they still sit uh, as the four seed in the East. So we'll see if this move helps their perimeter shooting. I mean, they already have some good could shooting and guys like Trey Young and Gallinari and even Bogdan Bogdanovich, who also did not get traded today. So the Hawks pretty much only adding, not really selling anybody today. Another big trade was Norman Powell going to the Portland Trailblazers. This deal was a straight two for one. The Trailblazers sent Gary Trent and Rodney Hood over to Toronto. Uh, this this might be the most dangerous backcourt. Uh, in the NBA with uh, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, and Norman Powell. Would you Would you disagree? Sounds good. I mean, I'm trying to think on the top of my head, like three players in a team's backcourt that are better than that. And I don't think I can, I mean, I don't think I can get them. Kemba Smart and Brown? Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> Maybe Kyrie Harden and then... Insert third player, but... Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the way Norman Powell's been shooting this year has been fantastic, yeah. and he's going to... Powell's your... That's your guy. Yeah, that's my guy. I own him in both my fantasy leagues, so I've been paying attention to his production as of late, so... Uh, but Lillard, obviously, a superstar in his own right, and McCollum coming back from injury. This is going to be a good team. Um, I, I think this allows them to have great offensive potential, that even, even though they are really already had it. Powell, definitely an upgrade over Gary Trent. And, I mean, Rodney Hood, I don't even know if that guy was playing for them. I don't remember the last time I really saw him actually on the court. But um, we'll leave that one for the Trailblazers fans. Should be interesting to see how that works out in Portland. I'm excited about it. I think they the Portland could be a sneaky team to watch out for in the playoffs now. Uh, one more big trade. We have two big trades to get to. Uh, the first one being Victor Oladipo going to the Miami Heat in a deal for Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and a draft swap. Uh, this one is interesting. Not only does it really bolster the Miami Heat's roster, who already got Trevor Ariza um, earlier on, like a week or two ago, in a deal for Myers, Myers Leonard. They sent him to OKC. Um, this This makes Houston look bad. I mean... They they traded for Oladipo, and they gave up. Uh, they gave up Karis Levert. No, I'm sorry. They got Karis Levert and Oladipo, and they trade Levert away to uh, to the Pacers essentially, and they get pretty much nothing in return except they got some draft picks. And this is all in the James Harden deal. And then they turn around and trade Oladipo for an aging Avery Bradley, who looks like he might get bought out. Uh, Lakers have been possibly eyeing him. And then Kelly Olenek, who, I mean, I, I guess he'll stick around. I guess he doesn't really have enough interest to really get bought out. I don't, I, who knows, maybe that could surprise me. But it looks like the Rockets might have really messed this one up. What do you think about that? I'm not surprised that they traded for I wouldn't even call it the Rockets. I mean, I wouldn't call it the Heat made a trade with the Rockets. Uh, the Celtics made a trade with the Rockets today with that. 
that move for Kelly Olenek and Avery Bradley, a couple of Celtics <laughs> jams. But the the Rockets are they're in trouble. I mean they're well, they've been in trouble. They're they've lost. Be, they lost twenty they're, games. They're going to be one of the worst teams in the league for a few years now. It's it seems like going forward. I mean, so. once Eric Gordon gets out of there, yeah. I mean, I don't know. They have John Wall on a humongous contract, and he's. I mean, at some point, he's either gonna. I I I I almost think he got bought. He'll there get was bought out there at was some talks that they might buy him out, but they're not not this not this season. year. Yeah. They, but probably next at, year. At or, some point, I feel like they'll either find a way to deal them or buy them yeah. out. They're just, they're just going nowhere good fast. Yeah, I mean they they're gonna just they're gonna need to do what the Magic are doing. They're gonna need to blow it up even more and just really focus on developing young talent. I mean they have some guys. I mean Christian Wood is fantastic, and Jay Sean Tate has been a guy for them who has played fairly well as well. So I mean moves need to be made. And uh, this certainly was one of them. Oladipo in a, an expiring contract. Pretty much anybody that traded for him pretty much knew that he was going to probably be a free agent and have no guarantee to re-sign with the team. But the Heat, man, the Miami Heat look real, real good right now. Oladipo, Jimmy Butler, Bam, and possibly LaMarcus Aldridge. It looks like the Heat might be a uh, a leading leading target for LaMarcus Aldridge. I mean, you throw him in there, and then you got Kendrick Dunn, Tyler Hero, Goran Dragic, Duncan Robinson, Precious Achua. I mean, these are all good, good depth guys. The Celtics could never have that kind of depth on their team. Instead, we get Semi Ojale and, and Tremont Waters and Carson Edwards and Aaron Neesmith and a guy hey. who took in the lottery who doesn't play basketball anymore. And a guy, yeah, who doesn't exist. Glass man. Who doesn't exist. Yeah, glass man. <laughs> of course. <clears throat> so, I, honestly, right now, um, safety, with all these deals between Miami and obviously Milwaukee, got P.J. Tucker from Houston uh, about, oh, not quite a week ago, a few days ago. Um, it, I mean, it's really a three, three or four horse, it's more like a four horse race now. Because obviously Brooklyn is still there. They need to get KD healthy, obviously. Uh, but between the Nets, the Bucks, the 76ers, and the Heat, I think the Heat have now uh, definitely made themselves a contender. I think Oladipo is going to be real good there. Um, that's a scary team to face in the playoffs, in my opinion. I would, I would, I like the top four now, like those the five, six, seven, eight seed, and that that likely will include the Celtics, who we'll talk about um, their moves today. Man, uh, not looking good. Not looking good for them. I don't like the Celtics, even with the one deal, the couple deals they made today. I don't like them in any of these matchups. Uh, and I feel like they're going to see a, a first-round exit fast. But um, hopefully we are proven wrong. Last big trade to get to before we dive into the Celtics. The Aaron Gordon deal. And this was rumored after he pretty much requested a trade uh, out of Orlando. The Denver Nuggets are the winners of the Aaron Gordon sweepstakes, and they will also get Gary Clark Jr., who I guess randomly was included in the deal. I don't really know anything about this, John. But uh, Gary Harris, R.J. Hampton, and a first-round pick going to the Magic for Aaron Gordon. Uh, R.J. Hampton, a former top 10 pick. He was a number 10 overall pick, I believe, in last year's draft. He's definitely got some upside. Gary Harris also a little injury-prone, but fairly young talent as well. Um, man, the Nuggets look good, too. Um, they didn't really give up a whole heck of a lot. Because uh, R.J. Hampton wasn't getting much playing time. And Gary Harris... Gary Harris was getting some minutes, but they, they have some good depth anyways, regardless. Uh, Gordon's going to slip in nicely here. Uh, they pretty much have Gordon and Millsap both at that fourth spot. Got Jokic. They traded for JaVale McGee also. So now they have a nice backup center to Jokic. Obviously, Jamal Murray, Will Barton's there as well. Uh, this is going to be a good team. Michael Porter Jr. I could and can't believe I forgot him. This is another really deep team, and Denver Nuggets made that trip to either did they make it to the Western Conference Finals or was that Utah? They okay. made the conference finals in uh, Lamicky's championship season. Uh, man, Nuggets are really primed to make another run right now, especially with the West being pretty wide open given the Lakers' injuries. Given the Clippers' uh, recent losing skid, 
and also the Suns emergence. So it, it's going to be in now Portland making some deals. It's going to be a really fun. I'm very excited for this off, for, not off season. Of course, the off season I am as well, but the postseason because you have a lot of teams contending. It's not a given right now who's going to come out of each conference. You got four legitimate contenders in the East right now, and you got uh, pretty much four, if not a couple more, legitimate contenders in the West. I mean, Lakers, Clippers, uh, Suns, Nuggets. And and maybe even now Portland. Yeah, I was the West. I would say is is, you mentioned the East has some fav- some contenders, but I would say the West is completely wide open. I'm, I think is it that Portland, much more though? Because I, I think, mean, listen, they got I the think Spurs, Port- the Mavericks, in the Warriors? no. I said the West is more. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm the, saying that it's much more wide open than the East. I don't think so. Well, by one team, by one team, and at least the way I'm thinking about it. You think, so, like, okay, so we're talking about the West. You have the Clippers, Lakers, Suns, and we'll say the Nuggets and the Trailblazers. And then the East, you've got the Heat, the Bucks, um, the 76ers, and the Nets. I mean, it's just one more team. Uh, see, but I think the Nets are head and shoulders above everyone in the East. Really? And I don't think that any of those teams that you mentioned in the West right now are head and shoulders above anyone else. This is very dependent on Durant being healthy so he clearly can't stay healthy right now. Also, I, I just I have a hard time trusting Kyrie Irving at any point in, in any time. I feel like he could just snap and decide he doesn't want to play. So, I mean, when they've been on the court, they look great. But have the three of them all been on the court? How many times have they all three been on the court? I think you probably count on one hand. Yeah, I mean, they did just, beside, they got blown out last night because all three of them didn't play. But Well, that's expected. Um, they did go on that big win streak right before the All Star break, and that was even Sans Durant for the for the majority of it. I know you have three extremely talented offensive players and all around like elite superstar talent, but man, I I their their depth. I don't I don't love their depth. Yeah, no, I'm sold. I'm pretty sold on the Nets coming out of the East. I I would have to respectfully disagree with that. But nonetheless, so let's just wrap up some smaller deals before we kind of center in on the Celtics. You had Mo Harkless and Chris Silva going to the Kings in return. The Heat got, um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his first name, but Bajelica. So that's another guy that the Heat got. He's a, he's a stretch four who can shoot pretty well. Uh, DeLon Wright going from the Pistons to the, to the Kings in return. Corey Joseph going to Detroit. Mentioned JaVale McGee going to Denver in return. Isaiah Hartenstein going to Cleveland. Matt Thomas going to Utah. He is a career, like, low 40s three-point shooter going to the t- a team who shoots the most three-pointers in the league. Terrence Davis, a kind of a failed second-year guy going to the Kings as well. The Kings are really just getting a ton of young talent. Um, Marquise Chris, guy used to be really good. Um out for the year already with the broken tibia or fibula, I believe. He is going to the Spurs for Katie Lalane or Lalane. I have no idea who that is. Um, and Brad Watermaker, our favorite guy, uh, former Celtics legend, going to Charlotte, reuniting with Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward. I don't know if he actually played with Terry, to be honest with you, but. Um, and then I think a few days before the trade deadline, uh, Mifiandu. Cabin Jelly, another guy going to the Kings from the Clippers. Uh, we mentioned very briefly Myers Leonard in that Trevor Reza trade that happened uh, a little less than a week ago. The Thunder just released Myers Leonard today. Uh, they waived him uh, effective immediately. And Jabari Parker has been waived uh, also. This is a guy I know you're pretty high on the Celtics going after. Uh, I care would... to speak to why? I just think that... They always talk about the Celtics needing another wing, and I just think that he has high upside. I mean, he was. People think that he's trash, and whatnot, but he's he's okay. He would help off the bench. Dude, he's toast. Are you kidding? I think he's not that bad. He, like, you think Glassman is bad? This dude cannot stay healthy. 
He's only and he doesn't offer you that much. In 2019-2020 for the Hawks, he averaged he averaged 15 points, 6 boards and 2 assists. So like well, he, that's on a shitty Hawks team. He could help you off the bench, though, I think. I really don't think so. I don't think he really has that much to offer anymore. Well, I think that he is still a solid rotational piece. Yeah, well, that, that, that's all that matters to you. So, um, also, uh, we mentioned Aldridge. He's officially getting bought out today. That is already done. He's going to start looking at where to go. We mentioned Kyle Lowry staying put in Toronto. They just uh, they just didn't get any offers that they wanted to really um, make a push on, and Lonzo Ball not going anywhere. I know we we talked about Lonzo Ball trying to get the Celtics to go after him and try to get Kemba to translate more to a two role, but clearly uh, that was a you and only you desire since Danny Ainge should not elect to do that today. Um, TJ Warren, officially announced, is out for the remainder of the season. The Pacers pretty much falling in the standings as is. Nice to see Karis LeVert back playing for them. Um, he's getting back into form. Uh, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander, rest in peace, plantar fasciitis, foot injury, whatever it is, it's, it's not great. He is going to be out indefinitely. They have not said whether there's a chance he'll be back yet towards the end of the season. But... Let's get into Trader Danny because for the first time since 2015, Danny Ainge actually decided to make some trades. And the biggest one was the Celtics acquiring Magic guard slash forward Evan Fournier in uh, in return for two second round picks. Uh, Jeff Teague also ended up going in this deal to Orlando and it looks like Teague is going to get bought out. So he's going to have the chance to go wherever. Uh, definitely won't be coming back to the Celtics, that's for sure. But uh, a team that maybe needs some veteran guards, uh, like a veteran backup guard, may go after him. I don't know who would be in the business of that unless, I'm just trying to think point guards here. Uh, maybe the Heat, if they don't want to play Kendrick Nunn at the one. Um, I mean, the 76ers just got theirs. Uh, Milwaukee's got Drew Holiday and DiVincenzo, so I mean, I don't really know. And I think they even have Bledsoe, too, so I, I think they're kind of loaded. But regardless, uh, Jeff Teague, not exactly a very impactful part of this deal. So what do you think about Evan Fournier? Um, are you excited to have Evan Fournier? Well, I'm not surprised that they traded for Evan Fournier. As listeners know, I did mention him on this pro very program as a guy I thought that they could trade for. He, I would assume he's going to come off your bench. I mean, I guess he might start now because Tice is gone. I guess you can move Tatum to the four in your starting lineup of Kemba, Fournier, Brown, Tatum, and Thompson. But that would mean, you know, I guess that could be your starting five. But I would, I would like Fournier to come off the bench, personally. But... I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna start. I mean, he he provides you shooting, which you needed, and he's light years better than any offense you had. So I think the real question is going to be, who is going to be? Who are going to be the five people at, in at the end of the game? Because like starting wise, you can you can mess around. Obviously, you're gonna have you're gonna have Kemba Brown, Tatum, and probably now Rob Williams, which we'll get to why later. Uh, but that last spot of the two, I mean, between Marcus Smart, between Evan Fournier, I guess depending on injuries and whatnot, um, whether if any of them get hurt, the other obviously playing. But what? who is going to play at the end of a game? And I almost wonder if the Celtics will try and play some small ball if, you know, the matchup allows itself to be the opportunity, presents itself, uh, running... Kemba, Smart, Fournier, Brown, and Tatum really spread the floor and try and help generate some some looks instead of you know you go a little five wide instead of trying to um, create one on one separation. I don't know if they would actually do that though, but it will be interesting to see. Do you think you think there's any chance? I mean, I think there's slightly a chance. I think there's slightly a chance, but. 
I don't see Tatum playing the five. I just like in that small lineup. I just don't. I don't see. Well, it, it would be against another team playing small. I yeah, would say. but I still, I still don't think you're gonna get to the point where Tatum is gonna be playing the center. I just don't think that he's. So who's big the, enough. Who, who's your five down the stretch? Who do you think they go with? Do you I, think they go with a consistent I person? Think, I think they go with Kemba. Unfortunately, smart. So you think Fournier won't won't see yeah, it I at think, the end of the game? I think and that's you, a mistake. I think you might see like smart go out and Fournier come in for offensive purposes, maybe, but I think they would keep smart in because of their def- because they want him for his defense at the end of games. Yeah, that's what I think too. And that's a mistake but, because then you know Smart is just going to keep shooting yeah, late in like games. Last night in the game, last night in the Bucks game, you took uh, open a three like under two minutes, bricked it obviously, mm-hmm. and then tried to drive to the hole and got stuffed. And against Memphis in overtime, he missed three shots, including a three pointer, where he tried to do the little the little move where he's at the he's at the three point line and he can feel or he knows that there's a defender on his back. So he tries to just stop his forward movement and get the guy to run into him. And the guy doesn't run into him, so he hucks up a brick. And the Celtics end up losing in the overtime in overtime to the Memphis Grizzlies. It's going to be interesting to see the the lineups they go with now. Because a lot of even more we talked about Stevens rotation issues. This is going to this is another complication and I mean, he might not yeah. coming out look, they, looking good. They again. did lose a starter in Tice. So do you replace him with Fournier? I don't know and you that would move Tatum up and Brown up a position. But, so let, let's sidebar that. So you, so you mentioned Tice. We might as well just talk about the trade and then get back into this whole combo. So the Celtics were involved in a three-team deal involving the Chicago Bulls and the Wizards. So the Celtics shipped out Daniel Theus and Javante Green to the Bulls. And the Bulls also getting Troy Brown Jr. from the Wizards. And then the Wizards got Daniel Gafford and Chandler Hutchinson, I believe, from the Bulls. Some cash also going to the Bulls. Bulls getting a bunch in this deal. Uh, but Celtics getting Luke Cornett, who I... I'm now realizing I forgot to do a little research into. I have no clue I, who this guy I've, is. I have heard uh, via Twitter that the Celtics are going to just wave him or buy him out. Okay. I like that. And then also Mo Wagner. Um, I don't really I know don't, what to think of Yeah, I mean, he's only he turns 24 in May. Yeah. So he's still younger-ish, but... Maybe he can come off your bench. Like, he's your third, like, big now. But he's not really, like... I'm trying to, like, think of his game. He's more of, like, like a four that, like, has, like, a five's body. I um, think he can... I think he can shoot a little bit, right? He's, he's shooting 31% from three. That's year. not good. Yeah. But then again, I mean, we're talking about guys like I mean, Shemi Ojale. I think Tice and... is shooting like 34% or whatever. Yeah. So. But it's not It's not like there's much competition. I feel like who would I rather have out the four, Grant Curry? I mean, I guess it depends. Grant Curry's actually playing okay right yeah, now. I have seen some... In, you mentioned in that small ball lineup, I did see another thing that said that the five in the small ball lineup might be Grant Curry. A la PJ Tucker on Houston scene with Grant Curry at the at the small as the small ball. Fight. I I hate that. I don't care how well Grant Curry might be shooting right now. I he he's he's not he's not the guy. He's not the guy you go to in that situation. I hate I I hate that so much. Um, but yeah, getting rid of Daniel Theus. I love this move because Theus, as much as he can get you some nice mid range scoring and he's able to hit the three. I mean, he's he's just he's clutter. He's gonna leave, and you you, you would have got nothing for him. Uh, you you had to take something. And at this point, even just dumping him for for nothing, in my eyes, is a plus, because it gives you r- more minutes for Rob, Big Bob Williams, who has been playing awesome lately. Give him all the minutes he should be starting now. And then you have Tristan Thompson there to back him up whenever he's healthy, cleared, whatever it might be. So I, I like those two running. 
Wagner won't see minutes. I, like maybe it, with injury, he might come in and, and spare you some minutes, but he really won't play. I don't think they're gonna stick with their usual guns and Pritchard, and uh, whether it be Fournier or Smart and uh, Semi Ojale and Grant Curry. Glassman come back, maybe. Neesmith will play once in a blue moon. Glassman will be out every game every game because of health and safety protocols. But that's that's what I think they go to uh, in that in that situation. But so in the Fournier deal, they use part of Gordon Hayward's trade exception, um, bringing it down to eleven million, and they also use up the Vincent Poirier trade exception, I believe, with uh, with 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 Wagner, if I'm not mistaken. So um, doesn't leave them with a lot of room. I mean, eleven mil is still a decent amount to work with in the off season. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do have some concerns with this lineup. Um, I, I, I'm very worried about the, how they're going to use Fournier because he's averaging a career high, like almost 20 points a game this year. I don't, I don't, how do you justify bringing that guy off the bench? I don't think you do. Smart Smart has to be the guy off the bench. Yeah. I don't care if he's averaging a career high 13 points a game and 6 assists. Like and maybe maybe you know what I I don't know. Maybe you can start Smart but you can't play him more minutes than Fournier. Whatever kind of rotations you do, I want to see more of Evan Fournier than Smart out there. I understand at the like at the beginning of a game you might want him dishing you know, you know, ball movement. It would be great if Kemba Walker could just start playing his goddamn position and actually facilitate the ball. But he doesn't. He gets ball screens for himself and then he just shoots it off of them. Or just or just does he doesn't make you're there's, a, there's allowed, a difference between you're not allowed to hate on Kemba. Okay? Shut up. There's a difference between facilitating and then just passing the ball off. And all Kemba does is just pass the ball off. It, it, it's insulting that you play point guard. You're not shooting efficiently. You get paid thirty plus million dollars, and you got Brown and Tatum facilitating more than you. It's embarrassing. So I mean, I, at this rate, I, I don't, I don't, I don't even know. What, I don't even. I'm, I'm worried. I'm going to be very upset. I'm guaranteeing a future rant about this because uh, I don't trust. I do not trust Brad or whoever influences him making these the rotations. To use Fournier in the way that they should. I want him playing big minutes. I want him taking big shots. He shoots he just he shoots well from three. A lot better than Smart. A lot better than Kemba. I don't know. I, I'm I'm worried. I'm worried. So if you were to give them a grade today. Okay. Danny Ainge, give him a grade. What would it be? I would say uh a B minus. I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking B minus or C plus. I think on paper their offense got better. Yeah. Their defense probably got a little bit worse, but well, who, I don't really care. Your defense got worse. What? Because yeah. they lost Theus. Yeah. You think Theus losing? Dude. He's a good. I mean, he gets a good amount of. He gets sneaky like good amount of blocks. And Time Lord can't make up that ground. Oh, I'm not as high on Time Lord as a lot of people are. But it's super weird because these roles were reversed quite some time ago. I just think Time Lord, like... You were praising they, the likes of Big Bob were, when I was telling you he was bummed. He because was that's bum. when he was like a meme. That was when he was like a meme. And now he's playing like legit minutes. And he played the other night against Memphis a lot of minutes. I think it was actually his, his career high or season high for minutes. Mm-hmm. And Memphis literally had like 80 points in the paint. Was I that mean, a coincidence? Yeah, but it's one game. Yeah. You're and, judging one game off of it. But I'm saying, That's not like, fair. it just happened to coincide with the, the game he got the most minutes in. Oh, come on. If that happens on a consistent basis, that's a fair argument. Well, I mean, it might now. It might You'll see it now. Because well, now maybe, he's going to get legitimate. Maybe minutes. it will, but I don't think that's I fair. I think he's a good player, but I think he people get too obsessed with the highlight reel leaping ability. Um, I well, think it means that he's, he's still, got the ability to make the I blocks still, at Theus. Theus I, commits a foul every other time I he tries still, to make a block. I still think that Williams has his issues. Well, of course he's not a perfect player. 
I'm and just he's saying. He's still young. He's still developing. I'm saying. But he's making good I'm saying strides. that losing Theus is going to hurt the defense. And you're like saying it's not. Because I, I really don't. Just, I really don't. I think it might. I think Theus is a shitter when it comes to defense. I don't think he's that great. He I gets pounded down low all the time, dude. I don't think he's that physical. God damn it. I, uh. I don't, I don't uh, think he's that physical. He goes for the block every time, and he just overcommits and fouls. Yeah, I just... And it's not that Rob Williams doesn't do that. I think they're, like, very similar. So I don't think your defense got better by playing Rob Williams more, but I don't think it got worse. That's all I'm saying. Like, I don't hate... I don't hate trading for Evan Fournier. Typical Danny Ains to trade... I was more surprised with the second move than I was with the Fournier deal, honestly, because typical Danny Ains to move literally just two second-round picks for Evan Fournier because he can't send any of his guys like i know he sent jeff teague but do like you, do you think that uh the magic were possibly like in talks with them saying oh we'll give you gordon and fournier but we want we want a couple of your your players you know maybe we want langford and some first and he was like oh yeah i mean no it's, players it's possible and they were like all right fine like just take fucking fournier clear, for uh, we'll take a couple clearly the, the magic, like oh my god yes clearly the magic said that we're not re-signing Fournier. He's on. A, he's an unrestricted free agent. We're just gonna take the best deal that we can find. And I guess the Celtics' second-round picks were the best deal that they could find for him. So I guess credit to Danny Ainge there. That's crazy but, that he went for two second-round. What What do these NBA teams see in second-round picks? Nikola Jokic. I mean, how many? How often do you get it? You get more Carson round. Edwards and Tremont Waters in the second round than you do. Uh, That's why I'm saying I'm, I, I, I guess I'm. I shouldn't be surprised, but I guess at the same time I am. After so many flops in the second round, you might as well just get rid of them. It'll be interesting to see if um, the Celtics can keep Fournier in the offseason and resign him because if they don't, that's a that's another that's another L range, another guy that he brings in. Uh, to try to fit into the rotation system-wise and to have them walk out. Right. Well, the good news is it's not like you gave away anything that you were like you were going to be able to keep around anyways. Right. I mean, you got, like, Theus. I know this different deal, but Theus wasn't going to stick around after anyway being an unrestricted free agent. And Lord knows, I don't know, I think Jeff Teague was a one-year deal, and you probably weren't going to re-sign him either. So, I mean, in that sense, I don't know if I would call it a humongous L, but I mean, like, if you can't convince 48 to stay, I mean, it's really going to come down to the role. Does Is he is he going to be willing to play some less minutes and not start, if he doesn't start, that is, right? Is he going to be willing to do that for a chance at a championship on a team that isn't even in the top half of consideration in the playoff format or whatever to win the title? Or even just make it out of the East. <clears throat> Maybe there's a team that can put them to use better. That's a contender. I don't know. The, the, they're going to have a lot to prove in this, uh, I don't want to call it second half, because, I mean, there's only how many games left. But 29 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so it's not not really half. But they, they've they got some work to do. It, it, not only just with Fournier but in his minutes and rotation and stuff, but just as a team in general. Too bad we we talked about it. Two bad losses. You were down like twenty or so to the bu- to the Bucks, and you fight all the way back. Like at what point? At what point do some of these guys just say, "Yo, Marcus, stop shooting, bro"? Like, when, and also, scared. and also, why are Brown and Tatum not going to get the ball when Kevin brings that ball up in twelve with twelve seconds left, and they're down like two in that game. And everybody's screaming at their TV, call a timeout. And you know what the setup is? It's Tatum and Brown on the left side, standing at the three-point line probably. One of them in the corner, one of them in the wing. Kemba dribbles the ball towards the corner with 10 seconds. That's fundamental. You don't bring it towards the corner, especially especially when you're going for a game-winning shot. You're trying to get something. And you, you get a ball screen. You know, you get Theus to set you a screen on practically halfway in between the wing and the corner. Like, what are you doing? That is just a recipe for disaster. You're going to get trapped, and you're going to lose the possession. Should have just called the timeout. You pass it off to Smart, who thinks he's a god, 
And he's just like, Kobe Bryant rip, uh, like, clutch man. Like, where is the reality check for for these guys? I I think all these games that go further, I think Marcus Smart's time on the Celtics might, should, maybe, It would have made so much to... more sense to put him in that deal. Throw in Smart a first and, and give him Neesmith or Langford. Give him any of these loser Johns that barely play that have upside potential. And then give him Smart in a pick or two and you could have got Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier. And you could start pretty much both of them. I mean, everyone says that, like, you know, this team had a problem, now this team has a problem, and that team had a problem, and you, they're always like, some people are like, well, I think Tatum might have been the problem. He's been on this team the whole time, too. Guess who else has been on the team the whole time? Marcus Smart's been on the team the longest of anyone. <clears throat> True. So, I don't know. I'm just saying that, like, we know that he thinks he's a god on offense, and he's not. And I mean, his defense hasn't been all first team this year, I'll tell you that. For sure. So, I think I'm... I. Marcus Smart, I mean, the truest thing has never been said, that Marcus Smart and Jackie Bradley Jr. are like, they're the same player. I mean, they literally are. They're given starting positions for their defense, and they provide you very minimal and short spurts of offense. And they're absolutely beloved. Like, beloved beloved by a certain sect of the fans. Yeah. I mean, there's a certain sect of the fan that also hate them, but there's a certain sect of the fan that, like, legitimately thinks, like, thought Jackie Bradley Jr. was like, one of the best players they've ever seen, like, because of his defense. Like, I see, like, Hank from Barstool talking about Smart, you can't trade Smart, and I'm like, I mean, what do you I mean li- you can't trade him? I just listen to people in our friend group that call Smart their captain, and, like, he's, like, he's, like, the X Factor. Like, they're literally better this year, record-wise, without him. They literally, all I heard was when Marcus Smart was out before the All-Star break, bro, you can see Marcus Smart's difference now. Well, Marcus Smart's back. And they're two and six or two and five since the All Star break. I mean, sh- sure, you could say their defense might be a little better, but I mean, look at the last two games. They've given yeah. up 120 points pretty much to the Bucks and then the Grizzlies. That doesn't sound like amazingly better defense to me. Yeah, I just, I think Smart gets way too much of the benefit of the doubt by certain people. And I think he gets too much of the benefit of the doubt from Danny Ains. I think Danny Ains and love them because yeah. no. Remember, no team will ever be higher on a player than the team that drafted said player. Yeah. Because you're the one that invested the resources into the player. You're the one that spent the draft pick on him. It's your job to to develop him. And he's been here the longest. He was was their lottery pick the, the one year that they tanked and missed the playoffs. And now he's... 27, I think. And it's just... The Marcus Smart experience, I think just... I think it might be time, Danny. I think it might be time. It would have been such a good trade because then I, I would have been... I would have been fine having Aaron Gordon play at the five in the small ball lineup. Yeah, and that would have made... Yeah, the small ball lineup and then... Kemba Fournier, Brown, would have had, and Gordon. Would have been nice. Yeah. Or your starting five, you could have had Fournier as your sixth man, which I think would be nice. Um, he can facilitate a little bit. I think he's averaging like three something, three point something. I mean, assists. yeah. I mean, it's just another guy that averages a couple assists. Yeah. Enough. It's nothing special. But right? I think but he's, now he's not. He's not a Tatum or a Brown where right. he's going to constantly, like these two. They just they use up all their ISO. It's like they have a finite level of ISO separation shots that they can make and or that they can take, and they use them all up in the like the first three quarters, and then they just disappear in the fourth. They got nothing left. Like they're not they're not playing team basketball. Like and I I I think I I typed this out in a big text rant in a, in a group chat or something. But th- these aren't guys playing together as a team. These are guys. Who are? It's like they've never met before, and they just went to a local YMCA, happened to be really good at basketball, and just decided to play. And that's that. Yeah, I mean they, 
they went into this day with a lot of question marks around the team, and they came out of the day still with a lot of question marks about the team. Mm-hmm. So it will be interesting to see. We should get some good minutes, hopefully, fingers crossed, for our guy, Neesmith, because <laughs> these bench players, these uh, acquisitions that they made, I don't think are going to be able to play for a few games because of the COVID protocols and whatnot. I don't think you'll see them until sometime next week. So they at least have a game Friday and so what are their, Sunday. So what are the next games we're looking at as we wrap up uh, this edition? They play of the Milwaukee game. against tomorrow night, Friday. Yep, and then uh, OKC on Saturday on a back-to-back. Okay, so hopefully they can... They're going to lose to Milwaukee tomorrow. I mean, they'll probably... Big win pessimistic uh, outlook there. I don't know why you would think that they're going to win tomorrow in Milwaukee. I mean, I'd be concerned, but of course. I mean, and I'm they should, although it is second night of back-to-back, they should win... Their game at OKC, especially with the SJ I sure hope they do. And OKC is clearly trying to tank and lose games. Yeah. So, I hope that they can win. All right. I well, would assume one and one, though. Play Evan Fournier a lot, please. I beg you. But that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Cool Zone. We'll have some games to talk about. A couple games is back-to-back, and maybe they're back at it Monday or Tuesday. But regardless, we'll be back here Monday. I believe, short turnaround this week with the trade deadline. But, as always, follow us on Twitter at TheCoolZone. DM, DM us your thoughts, questions, anything you want to hear about on the show. But other than that, another week of question marks with Celtics basketball. And now it's time for us to sign off. So, DS, you know what to do. See you guys next week.